God some praise this morning? Now, I feel, I, I feel bad for the sound people. I always shout into the mic. So please, I just want y'all to be patient with me this morning. I'm going to try to keep my volume down. You all are going to shout for me. Amen? Amen? All right. So I'm going to uh, share a message with you this morning called There is Power in Your Praise. Now, I know some of y'all are thinking, is that biblical? Right? There's power in the blood, we know that. There's power in the word, we know that. There's power in his spirit, we know that. But did you know that as we were praising God, there's power in your praise? So a couple of weeks ago, um, I got a call. I'm originally from Brooklyn. I got a call from my family. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody else is from Brooklyn. And um, they, you know, when you're like a Christian in your family, I know some of you experienced this, right? Like you went to your family's house for Thanksgiving and you had to pray for the food because you're the Christian that's there. And, um, you know, my family was like, listen, can you come out? Because your aunt is on life support. She's on this um, life-saving equipment and we're going to take her off. We're going to take her off. And we need everybody to come because we can't take her off without everybody being there. And, you know, um, I, I, I ran out there, rushed to Brooklyn Hospital. Um, I got there. It, you know, the mood was very grim, very somber. And um, it just is, you know, the way I am. I start asking questions. I start going around. Hey, are you sure that she can't recover? And they were like, no, no, no. It's not that kind of thing, Thomas. You know, when she came here, she had sepsis. And you know, a couple years back, your mom and her were shopping, and she fell out with a heart attack. And your mom did CPR on her and brought her back to life. This is not, this is not one of those things. This is over. The doctors have told us we need to let her go. So I went to the doctor. I said, are you sure she can't recover? He said, I'm sure. It could be, I said, how long will it take for her to expire once we take her off? The, he said, it could be five minutes. It could be five hours. But she is never going to recover. So, you know, the nurse came in. The nurse was doing a couple things. I said to the nurse, hey, y'all already know where I'm going. I said, are you sure she can't recover? They said, well, she can't. She said, I don't want to give you false hope, but she's, there's no way. So I went to the foot of my aunt's bed. I didn't make a spectacle. I know that's what y'all thought I was going to say, that I started yelling and stuff. I didn't. I just quietly, I stood by her bed, and I just began to pray. Now, Pastor Reggie and I had already been praying earlier that day while I was at the hospital. The family members all gathered, so it was time to take her off the machine. Um... They asked some of us to step out of the room because it could be very traumatic, you know. But I was peeking from outside. And I was looking, and as they continued to, like, pull stuff out of her, the tubes and different things, my aunt sat up. And she started spitting stuff out. And, you know, at first I thought, well, maybe this is normal. But then the medical staff were looking at each other. And then they put like a mask on her. Then they ran out. Then they ran back in. 
Then they took that mask off of her. Then they put another thing on her. And I'm, I'm just watching this. So I said to them, I said, hey, is she supposed to be coughing and spitting? They said, oh, no, no, she's not supposed to be doing that. But it's a good sign. So prior to this, mom was in a rehab, and she said to my other aunt who takes care of her, I want some collard greens. I want those collard greens that you make for Thanksgiving. So y'all know yesterday, uh, or when Thanksgiving was, I called my aunt. I said, aunt, did, did, did auntie get the collard greens? Because she's still here. You know, almost a month later, she's still... Okay, this is the message for y'all. This is definitely the message. I was like, I know, she's still. No, listen to me. Listen to me. I don't think they were lying when they said she can't recover. She was sick before she went into the hospital. But she sat up. She started spitting. She was like, listen, um, if, if, I think somebody said at the praise, the, the um, testimony service uh, about a couple of days ago, they said, when it's your time to go, you're going to go. It wasn't her time, clearly, because she didn't leave. In Isaiah chapter 38, verses 1 through 6, it says, In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order. You're not going to recover. Now, either the prophet is incorrect or he needed to put his house in order because he wasn't going to recover. Verse 2, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. He prayed to the Lord, remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. He said, go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord says, the God of your father, David. This is what he says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. If you've been delivered from anything, I want you to give God praise. Because there are times that the doctor says there's nothing more we can do for you. I mean, I could have entitled this, there's power in prayer. Because they prayed, and what could not be done was done. But if you skip down to verse 18 through 20, Hezekiah says something interesting after he recovers. He says this, the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you. As I am doing today, would you stand up and give God some praise? Stand to your feet and give God some praise. He's worthy to be praised. We're living today. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you. 
We thank you today because some of us should be dead. We should be, God. The way we were living, the sickness we had, the things that people were plotting to do to us, we should be dead. But we are living today. We stand here today, a testimony of your grace, of your power, of your glory, of your faithfulness. God, would you help me? Would you help me this morning to deliver this word just like you want me to? Nothing extra, nothing less. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a lot of notes. I don't know what happens sometimes when I come to church, but I'll tell you a couple of things. The first thing I will tell you is, some of you know this, I was born into a family, I was the only Christian, and I would come to church, big church, 2,000, 3,000 people, and I would sit down, Pastor Reggie, I would sit down in this row by myself, and I would pray, God, could you save my family? And I would just get this thought. I'm going to praise God like this row is full. I'm going to praise God like these are all my family members. They were strangers. I, you know, I didn't talk to you. Know. One day I was sitting in church, Pastor Angelo. I looked to my right and it was that whole row and it was my family. I said it was my family. It was my mom and my dad and my sister and my nieces. What is praise? Psalm 108 verses 1 and 3 says this. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will, I will sing and give praise. Even with my glory, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. And I will sing praises unto thee. In just those three verses or two verses, there's three different words for praise there. Like in English, it just says praise, 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 praise. But in the Hebrew, it's zamar, it's tahila, it's yada. Praise is not just singing. In Hebrew, the word yada means to extend the hand. To throw out that hand, therefore to worship with an extended hand. According to the lexicon, it's the opposite of bemoaning and wringing your hands. This is like when you come to church on a Sunday morning and you know you have a problem. But you lift your hands anyway. There's another word, toda, which comes from the word yada, which means to lift your hands as well, but in thanksgiving. Psalm 50, 14 says, offer unto God toda and pay your vows unto the Most High. Psalm 107, 22 says, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of toda and declare his works with rejoicing. There's also halal. 
Halal is a primary Hebrew word for praise, and our word hallelujah comes from halal. It means to celebrate. And I hope when you come on a Sunday morning, you are ready to halal. Shabbat. Some of y'all know this one because I do this a lot. Shabbat means to address in a loud tone. To commend, to triumph, to exclaim, to glory, to shout. Can anybody shout in here? Listen, this is like a battle, and when you're triumphing over the opponent, you shout over them. Oh, come on. We gonna... I love this verse because I have seven kids. Psalm 145.4 says, one generation shall shabak thy works to another and declare, listen, if you're over 30, you need to shabak some young person. Are you hearing me? Because they need to know the mighty acts of God. They need to know he's a good God. He's a great God. He's a faithful God. And not whisper Shabbat. Barak. Barak means to kneel down, to bless God as an act of adoration. When used in the scripture, it implies expecting to receive a blessing from the Lord. It's, it's like instead of praising God for what we already have or what he's already done, it's praising him in faith for what he's about to do. Zamar. Zamar means to touch the strings. Come on, where's Brittany? Zamar, Brittany. Zamar, it means to touch, to play your instrument. To, it, this is how we praise him on our instrument. This is without words. Psalm 150 says, awake my glory, awake harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the peoples. I will zamar to thee among the nations. Tehillah. Tehillah is to sing. Psalm 22, 3 says, God is enthroned on the Tehillahs of Israel. So... Now that we know what praise is, where's the power? If you look at any germane psychology paper on singing, they'll tell you. Singing, not praising, just singing has an effect on you. It resonates in you. It releases endorphins. It makes you feel better to sing. The Bible says in one place, I sing because I'm happy. But this is different because it says that these are the tahila, the songs of Israel, the songs of his people. That means that if somebody were to come in here, they're not Christian. They don't know God. And we're singing. If God is enthroned on the songs of his people, then they feel it. They'll say, I like the service and the singing. I heard, I felt electricity. You didn't feel electricity. 
You felt the enthronement of God. We, when we praise God, when we worship God, when we sing his praises, we are creating an habitation for his presence. It's not just for you. You don't just feel better. The people around you. I used to, I used to be in my house. I was the only Christian. I used to be in my house with a tambourine yelling and screaming and screaming and yelling. Singing all off key. But God was coming down. Now he's, now he's omnipresent. Don't get me messed up. I'll get in trouble. Listen, he's omnipresent. It's not like if we sing, he'll come. That's not what I'm saying. But we feel it. We feel his presence. We feel his power. Listen, praise has the power to inhabit. It's the power of his habitation. I remember when my father got out of prison the first time and he came to my house and he laid down on the bed and I just began to worship. I just began to praise and he started to cry. And I heard him whisper, I feel the presence of God in this room. He is saved now. He is saved today. He's living for God. But praise also has the power to silence. Psalm 8-2 says, from the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established a stronghold on account of your adversaries in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. Now, that word stronghold or strength is sometimes translated praise. But the Hebrew word is not one of the words we just looked at as praise. So why put it in a sermon about the power of praise? In Matthew 21, 16, Jesus quotes Psalm 8, 2. He goes into the temple. He turns over the tables. He, you know, does this famous thing that we know. And then some children begin to praise him. They begin to sing Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, they start praising him. And the Pharisees run over there and be like, stop. Do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said, haven't you heard? From the mouths of children and infants, you have ordained praise. So even though our translators may not want to translate it praise, Jesus did. And what Jesus was saying was praise silences your enemy. Listen to me. Some of us, our only problem is we only praise him on Sunday. We only praise him here in this, in this, in this, in this environment where Brittany and others are praising and we're feeling it and we, ooh, yeah, and then we get home and the enemy is talking and you're listening. Praise him and silence the enemy. The praise of God silences the enemy and all of God's opposition. Where else do we find power in his praise or, or in our praise? Praise has the power to replace. 
Isaiah 61.3 says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow upon them a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness or despair. We think when we don't feel like praising God that that's something. But God already knew you wouldn't feel like it. He already knew that you would get up sometimes with a spirit of heaviness, with a, with a, with a spirit of despair, with the sense of, of, oh boy. And he said, now praise me. This is when I need you to praise me. This is when I want you to, because I'm going to replace that, the spirit of heaviness with that garment of praise. I remember when I was a young believer, I would be at work and it would be horrible. And I would get in the elevator and I would put my head down and I would be all by myself. But I would in those moments sense that God wanted me to praise him then. No choir, no worship leader, nobody, just me in the elevator with my problems. And so now what have I learned to do? When I feel heavy, I praise. What, what are the two times to praise him? When you feel like it and when you don't. All right. So what stops us from praising God? What stops us? I mean, I, I know what y'all are thinking. Everybody in here, y'all thinking, we knew this. Like everything that he's saying, we knew this already. So what stops us? Condemnation. Especially on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning, you walk in here, you just had a fight with, I'm not going to say who. And then they start to play, oh, holy. And you just be like, dag, I'm not holy. Whew. I messed up. Romans 8.1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Let me, let me just say this real quick. Sin is not the problem, and sin and condemnation are not the same thing. Condemnation, you, did you know you could feel condemned and you didn't do anything? <laughs> you just feel dirty and unfit? You know, sometimes you're just walking around thinking about stuff you used to do. And God is going, why are you thinking about that? Oh, I used to be a bad guy. I used to be. No, don't think about it. Don't be condemned. There's no condom. If you confess your sin, if you've forsaken your sin, then he's cleansed your sin, and you're acceptable in his sight, and it's not your righteousness anyway. So even if you did sin, even if you was in the parking lot in the car fighting with, I'm not going to say who, then you could still praise him. Sometimes that's an indication that I'm resting on my righteousness anyway. I had a bad week. So what? So what? You was bound to have one. <laughs> you a sinner. Oh, no. All right. I know Pastor Reggie's like, stop, hold on. Romans 7, 19, 24 to 25 says this. For I do not 
do the good that I wanted to do. So, some of y'all didn't become Christians because you sat there thinking to yourself, I can't do good. And I don't know how I'm going to live. I'm like, I can't be no Christian. But I practice the evil that I don't want to do. If you've ever cried over your sins, this is for you. If you've ever sat in your room and said, I can't live for God, this is for you. If you've ever promised God you would never do it again, and then you did it again, this is for you. What a wretched man I am. I love it when they sing that in them songs, because I am a wretch. I mean, I can't get three feet away from the Bible before I'm just like, oh, Jesus, forgive me. Right? Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, when, so then with my mind, I, I, I myself am serving the law of God, but in my flesh, the law of sin. What that means is I'm going to live for God anyway. I'm going to shout anyway. Hallelujah anyhow. I'm not going to let my insecurities, my sins, my faults, my flaws, my flesh stop me from living the life that God wants me to live. Praising the praise he wants me to praise. Okay, that's Sunday morning. It's like seven days in a week. What stops you on Monday morning? Complaining. I know this is not y'all, just me. Sometimes it starts Sunday night. <laughs> it's like you don't want to go to bed because you don't want Monday to come. Or you wake up and you get the traffic report. How many of y'all get the traffic report? Don't do that. That'll just, y'all in the flesh. <laughs> it's that traffic. Oh. Listen. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. I mean, look, if these were my ideas, you could be mad. If these were my ideas, in the back, when Pastor Reggie goes back there to shake your hand, you can pull him in close and say, don't let him preach no more because he's just up there. These are not my ideas. This is no man's idea. Do everything. Now, I looked up the Greek, and in the Greek, everything means everything. Everything without complaining. The other part is where I struggle without arguing too. So I guess that's like when you complain, you complain it with yourself. And when you argue and you complain it with somebody else or about somebody else. First Thessalonians says this, but give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So watch this. Some people, they'll go, they'll make a meeting, and they'll call pastor, make a meeting. Okay, pastor, I came here today to ask you to help me to find God's will for my life. Are you thanking him in everything? Well, no, pastor, because, because what if God did give you his will and you just complaining? Okay, got quiet. I don't know. <clears throat> Do everything without complaining and arguing. 
and give thanks in everything. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me just say this. What stops us from praising is that we're complaining. Because you can't complain and praise at the same time. That's not, that's not the same atmosphere. We just said praise has the power to inhabit. So when you're praising, you're creating this habitation for God's presence. But then you start complaining. And I don't think God wants to be there for that. I mean, he loves us. But that's why he says, I don't want to hear you complaining about the food I gave you. I don't want to hear you complaining about the house I gave you. I don't want you complaining about the job I gave you. I don't want you complaining about the church I gave you. I don't want you complaining about the pastor I gave you. I don't want... Thank me. Listen, man, I went through a rough patch years ago. And I would go to pray, and I'd be praying on this situation, boy. And then I stopped and I realized, because people say that, turn your complaints into prayer. So I did that. And I was just complaining in prayer. <laughs> Pastor Angelo got it. He was like, that was wrong. That was. And um, while I was praying one day, it was like, I realized I should be thankful. I'm always astounded by this story where Jesus broke the loaves and the fish. He never asked for multiplication. He only said, thank you. I, I was like, that's crazy. They had three loaves and, or three fish and five loaves. I said, I would have been like, this ain't, what are we supposed to do with this? There's 5,000 people here. At least do the logical thing and ask God to multiply it. He thanked God. He thanked his father for what was obviously not enough. Complaining will stop you from praising. But there's more days. Any morning, doubt and unbelief will stop you from praise. Because praise is a declaration of who God is, after all. But I would have to believe that to praise him. I would have to really trust in the almighty power of God to be like, God, you are almighty. I would have to really trust in the sovereignty of God and believe in the sovereignty of God to praise him for his sovereignty and control over the situation. When we don't believe God is who he says he said he is. When we don't believe that God is who he said that he said he is, we can't praise him. When we don't believe God will do what he said he would do, we can't praise him. When we doubt what God has already said about himself or done in our lives, we forget God. It's like an unholy amnesia. Y'all think, listen, he parted the Red Sea, did them plagues on them people, brought them out into the wilderness, fed them with the bread, fed, gave them the water, gave them chickens. I mean, he's doing all of this stuff. 
He's doing all of this stuff. Watch this. He's doing all of this stuff. And they're doing nothing but complaining. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And then the miracle, and they're like, but what are we going to do? It's like, whoa. And I know that's only them. We never, ever do that. Like, we never. Once my mortgages get paid, I'm like, he can pay anything. You know, once he gets me out of that one situation, I'm good for every situation after that. You know, it's funny. Because God has done so many miraculous things for us. And sometimes we won't praise him because we're shy. It's a real thing. You're insecure. You know, my jacket is wrinkling because I don't want to raise my hands and people will laugh at my jacket. Some of us are behind in our praise. Some of us at the testimony night, like I sat there, my wife, y'all know my wife, she was like tapping me, tell them about your aunt. Tell them. I, I said, I'm saving it. I'm saving it. But some of us aren't saving our praise. We're just not praising them. But Hezekiah said something incredible. He said, the grave cannot praise you. I mean, I was looking at that and looking at that and looking at that and saying to myself, did God heal him because he knew he would praise him? And he gave him 15 years because he said, I'm going to get 15 years out of this. Because if you read the story of, I mean, Hezekiah was a bad dude. I mean, he didn't end too good. But he, during a time where the Assyrians was just taking over stuff and defeating. He was like, I'm not serving y'all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in God. People were worshiping idols in the previous year. He said, tear that down. We ain't doing that no more. I mean, this was. Did God know if I heal him, he'll praise me. If I do this for him, he'll pray. And now, I'm not saying that everything is transactional. God is gracious. God is benevolent. God gives and expects nothing back from us. But should that mean that he doesn't get anything back? I don't want to do like an altar call or like the leaders to come up and pray. I don't, I don't want to do anything like that. I would like this entire sanctuary to become the front of the church. And we're going to praise him like he is worthy of. You, you're not going to do maybe what you would usually do. 
You know what I'm talking about, Pastor Reggie? Like sometimes we'll praise like this. And sometimes our eyes will be open too, right? And it'll be looking around. <laughs> like I always tell my kids the same thing. They know. I'll be like, it's better with your eyes closed. It's better with your You're probably going to get distracted if you're looking around, <laughs> you know. Lift your hands all the way up because he gave you a good shoulder. Lift your head. Somebody got that who has a bad shoulder. Lift your hands all the way up. Give God prayer. Throw your head back. Throw your head back. Look, they have a picture on the internet of people in a football game, and there's about two feet of snow on top of these people. Giving football players praise. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Brittany, um, can you come up? I was watching a football game one Sunday. And one of the football players took the podium after the game and said this, I don't want to talk about football. It's the Lord's Day. Y'all are out here worshiping football players. We need to be worshiping God. So we're going to praise God. I don't know what song they're singing. We, didn't, we did not um, confer. But this is the application time. This is the altar call. This is the time of prayer. Nobody should have to pump anybody up. You praise him. Every single one of us, if you went someplace Thursday and had a turkey, you should praise him. If it was cold and you didn't realize it was cold till you stepped out your house, you should praise him. I know some of us, our heat is not working 100%, but it was way better than out there. I, I see Judah, if you had a baby, you should praise him. You should praise him. If your children are serving the Lord, you should praise him. If your children are not serving the Lord and they're still in the land of the living and there's an opportunity, you should praise him. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let's give God some praise. And then we will dismiss as the Lord leads. I hope we don't get dismissed. I hope that everybody forgets about the coffee, the bagels, the this, the that. And all you can think about is how good he's been. There's power in your praise. There's power in your praise. He inhabits our praises. He replaces the spirit of heaviness. Somebody in here is heavy. Replace that with the garment of praise.